Hello, this is the Parent Panel, a weekly podcast that covers topics relevant to families with young children. Every show, we invite one mum and one dad to share their wisdom and experience on all things parenting. Our mum today is a morning newsreader, and our dad is a comedian who was the co writer and co director of Happy Feet 2. Well, sometimes you, you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm the, I'm I'm the adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Sunrise newsreader Natalie Barr is our mum. She has two sons who are aged 17 and almost, oh no, 18 and almost 14. Hi, Natalie. How are you? Good morning. So we're asking you to rewind to the early years today. Oh, yes. I can do that. (laughs) It's still fresh in my memory. Still there. It doesn't take long. Our, Our dad is comedian Gary Eck. He is father to a son aged 13 and a daughter aged 10. 10. Yes, right up there. Is that a tween? Not yet. 11. A tween, 10, yeah. Ten, what? Does she ten. feel like she's a tween? She seems 10 to me. Yeah. I don't know. That's good, though. Is yeah. she a young 10 or is she a 10-year-old looking at being What's well, funny because she's quite, you know, she's quite small for her age and then I see her other friends and I just assume all the kids are the same age when your daughter's that size, yeah. same size, <laughs> and then you meet a friend, you go, oh, my God, they're like a foot taller. Yeah. And they're like, it's, it's like, you're not 10, you look like 15. <laughs> School is the great leveler, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, but, you know, she's wise as well. well so. Of course she is. Mm. Talented as well. Talented. I bet she's funny as well. She is actually. She's yeah. very funny, yeah. Mm. Funnier than me. Damn. <laughs> That's where you get your best material. <laughs> yeah. My kids don't think I'm funny. Like their kids think I'm funny. Their friends think I'm funny, but they don't think I'm funny. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, well, look, our topics that we're talking about today are whether single childless women are happier than married mothers, what partners were like during labour, and homeschooling. First up, though, morning routine. Morning routines, just how challenging are they? Morning, Steve. I packed your favourite lunch, PB&J. Bart, you're brushing your teeth with my twig. Hagrid, have you combed your hair? According to Kellogg's, a Kellogg study of over 2,000 parents, so it's not a small number, and they're school parents, getting kids ready for school across the week is equivalent to one full day at work. When they itemised all that the parents had to do to get their kids out the door, apparently there are 43 tasks Mm. and an equivalent of 10 hours of labour. And I am totally on board with this study because I find mornings really hard. Natalie, what were your major pain points in the morning when your boys were little? Uh, I started on sunrise when my nearly 18-year-old was 18 months. So uh, I bypassed mornings and (laughs) handballed it to my husband because for 16 and a half years, I've been out the door and at work at 3.30 in the morning. Wow. Uh, Very peaceful. Oh my I can God, shower by myself. Awesome. No one's interrupting me. And I turtle off onto work, make my coffee and dr- drink You make that sound amazing, but can you please reiterate <laughs> what time you get up or got up then? Well, my alarm goes off at three and it has <laughs> oh. for all those years. Um, and I am taking that one hour of hair and makeup. So I need to be there that early. Otherwise, I'm going to go on TV and look terrible. Um, so I, my big bugbear was the afternoon. So I sort of swapped it, I guess, because... Um, 
the afternoon, everyone's tired. I don't, I don't want to sort of diss you morning mm. people. But, uh, <laughs> and I you're know, tired as well. Yeah, I'm tired. And they were tired. And so I'd get them after, you know, when they were babies. Um, I had just four hours of babysitting and I'd have to be home by lunchtime. And then Murphy's Law would be that I had one terrible sleeper and one amazing sleeper. So the first one was a terrible sleeper. I was actually, you know, in counselling because I couldn't cope with motherhood at that stage. It was really, really hard for me. And I'd get home and it would be, yeah, some long, very long and horrible and draining afternoons. That would have just seemed like they went on forever. Mm. Uh, I think they did. They did. They, they just... It really officially did. <laughs> and we often had um, a, um, a conference call um, at five o'clock at night, which of course everyone knows is you know the Witching best hour. time for a bunch of males who run our office at that stage to invent a conference call. What, right. yeah, what other time would you rather? Um, so five o'clock, the witching hour, I'd have to do the conference call and um, I'd sort of try and invent ways of getting them out of my hair, getting away from them and actually listening to what stories we were you know, focusing on the next day for sunrise. So um, I'd try and put them in the bath. Because um, at least they were contained. Or just leave them in the bus. Yeah, walk away. No, I don't contain them in one area, and yeah. I'd sort of be at the door, half a foot out the door, because at least you know. Then I realised that that didn't work because it was echoey and very loud, and people would start cautioning and say, "What? What is that noise? What, who is that? What have you got happening?" I said, oh, two kids." Um, so I'd try and stay one room ahead of them. Okay. So, which I think a lot of parents mm. could appreciate you're on the phone call and yeah. one room you know they just sort of start fighting in one room and you'd scoot to scoot another on. one until of course they kept running towards me um and so <laughs> that sounds incredibly mm. distracting it was quite yeah you really <laughs> multi-skilling uh and then one day I realized that this there was really no solution um when I came around the corner and my youngest was um using the cat as a horse um, <laughs> and I could remember distinctly saying stop riding the bus bus and I thought okay at this point uh this motherhood and working thing there is no life balance there is no work-life balance you just have to truck on stop riding the puss puss that yeah. would yeah. be the best comment to get in a work conference meeting well um Gary yeah. have you had to deal with mornings when oh, yours were small still dealing okay with so mornings. would you prefer to talk about what is annoying you right now or what annoys you when they were smaller what's annoying me right now tell us Gary what is what is your bug there about Mate, mornings? my mornings are like a sci-fi film because it's it's all that about sounds like fun. Well, it's no no, but it's like guys, we've got to go now. We've got thirty seconds, otherwise we're going to get the traffic. Because it's 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 all down to the line in Sydney. It is. You know, you leave you leave ten seconds later. I mean, you don't know this because you're not driving well, to work. This is and, new. Let me write this down. Yeah, <laughs> there's no traffic at four in the morning. <laughs> there's however, no traffic ever. The difference between eight and eight oh five, eight oh five or eight oh one. It's it's insane. Suddenly mm. you you just get you know smacked. Bang with this massive amount of traffic. So I'm constantly, guys, we've got to go now. Come on, let's go. We're going to get the traffic. We're doomed. Come on. It's like this mad. And it's like I'm, I can hear Hal going, Gary, 20 seconds. You must leave in 20 seconds. And then we race out of the car and I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Ignition on. It's like a real. And then I drive and then you know, my son will go, oh, dad, I forgot my lunch. Ah, oh, okay, canteen for you. And I'm like, oh, I don't have my wallet. Ah. <laughs> Borrow money from John. He's always friendly. He's got lots of money. <laughs> it's like this chaos, and then you know, then you, and then it settles down, and you just you're stuck in traffic. Yeah. And, and that's mm. it. You go. You know what? And I've, I've I've honestly done it where I've left a minute early, and I get this amazing run. 
Yes, and I just me go, too. How did that happen? Me too, and it's incredible. It's yeah. like that for me. It's more like 10, 15 minutes, but I can see why. No, you... Oh yeah, I might be exaggerating, but it's so, not that. Like it's a couple of minutes. Sometimes no. it's literally a couple. of and minutes. And it just breaks the camel's back when they say something like, "I forgot my lunch," <sighs> or mm. my kids are at the age because they're small. Um, my point of pain is that every morning they ask me to either um, build a Lego castle or this morning it was kinetic sand in the kitchen and or finding the bottle top yeah. that they picked up off the ground and it you mm. know and it's always said with such earnestness that n- uh, earnest need yeah. mum we need to do this now I'm like every morning I tell you mornings after getting ready yeah. we're not playing. I'm not finding anything for you. Put your clothes on, eat your breakfast, and then we go. Yeah, I'd love that. Just you know, just to wake up and you know, my kids are like, "Hey, listen, we've just made ourselves breakfast. We've brushed our teeth. We're ready to go. Everything's in the car. Um, no, you, Dad, have another ten minutes sleep. We're fine." <laughs> that ha- that know. happens to you, right? That well, happens to you, you on know, the weekend. When, yeah, on the weekend. When when um um no, basically, I've I've found that. When I have actually taken time off, I've, I've just dipped into the pain. Um, and when my husband, you know, which isn't very long, I, I don't usually take time off during the year now because the mornings were so horrible when I did dip in. <laughs> um, but my husband goes away now and then. Uh, and then we have had in the last couple of years, because they're older, we've, had, we've made them do it themselves. Mm. Which he paid the older one to do it to get the morning routine done for the younger one once. That works. Yeah, that's good. That is like, you really just, clever. I'm all, I've always been How old bribery. were they when they did that? Um, six? No. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. I can Wait do it. So, no, that was um, about three years ago. Maybe, I don't know, I can't remember the date. Maybe well, that, that, that's mm. within the realms of possibility for you, Gary. You could get no. your elder. No? That's not going to happen. You know when they're independent. They're, even they, if you pay. They're not going to help each other. No. They like to watch the other one suffer. But money is a great incentive, I can definitely. If you put one in charge Mm. and give them money as pocket money for that week that he's away, it's it's quite amazing. My my kids are usually pretty good. They want to go to school. It's not like they want to get there late. Mm. It's just sometimes, you know, you just come to crack the whip a little bit. And my wife's pretty prepared. Like she always makes a fruit plate the, the night before. For their breakfast, oh, my kids it, eat really well. Your yeah. your wife's incredible. Yeah. Well, hang on, I, I do. I, I do some her? stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband does yeah. all that. Hey, I, <laughs> He's always got the lunches. He's the one emailing me during yeah. the show. Oh, we need carrots. We need more apples. Right. So I get all that. So when when we're next watching sunrise news, yeah, and Natalie's looking down and making notes, yeah, mm. got to buy the carrots, got to buy the apples. Yeah, it's not, it's not about. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You're not actually <laughs> listening to the person you're interviewing. You're just worried about. I wonder where I should get some carrots. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, next we're talking about um, single ladies. Apparently, they're having all the fun. But why is being footloose and fancy free better for your overall happiness? Bradshaw is still single and living in New York City. Wait up, I got my heels on! No, I just wanted to have fun. According to Paul Dolan, a professor of behavioural science at the London School of Economics, women are happier without partners or children. Bless you. Sorry. That's right. In his book, Happy Ever After, he refers to the American Time Use Survey that compared pleasure and misery in unmarried, married, divorced, separated and widowed people, it found that the levels of happiness by those who were married 
was higher than single people, but only when their spouse was in the room. Mm. Unmarried people reported lower levels of misery than married individuals who were asked when their spouse was not present. Gary, mm. is yes. your would, would <laughs> your wife it. be happier without you and the children? Uh, I mean, this think- is a pretty obvious survey, really. I mean, everyone's <laughs> life is chaos and ups and downs and, you know... Joys and no joys and misery. Like, you're avoiding uh, the point of the question here. Would Gary. my life, would my, <laughs> would my wife be happier without me? Is what you're saying? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, let's let's think about it. If your wife was needing to get out to, of the door mm. on time for work, and she had you there recreating that science fiction feeling mm. of the world about to explode, that could yeah. be quite fun. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You're a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. Yeah, I make jokes. You do. Yeah. You make people laugh. Make Not people your laugh. kids. Yeah. Do you make your wife laugh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she pretends. Yeah. When I do the housework and clean up, that's 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 the joy in a long-term relationship is when you actually do things around the house. Like when I say to my wife, hey, I'm going to Bunnings. She's like, oh, she thinks I'm off to fix something. Like, I'm going to get something. And, but I just go there really? and have a sausage. <laughs> yeah. I wander around for three hours. You. See, I hear all the, other, all the other dads are there as well, mate. It's a big scam. They're all in like, oh, g'day. I'm in. You hear their phones ring. They're like, where are you, mate? Oh, I'm in Bunnings. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm in aisle 17. Where are you? I'm in aisle 42. Oh, let's go and have a sausage. She'd just be happy for you to take the kids out of her hair. Take the kids. Mm. Just... Wait, wait. Do you take the kids out of her bunnies? Well, no, I don't. But um... <laughs> oh, I'm with her. <laughs> no, I'm, we're, we're pretty good. I mean, we, we, have a, we have a good time. But, you know, there's always ups and downs in every relationship. And mm-hmm. everyone, I reckon, if you interviewed them, would say, oh, it's never, never peachy and, and wonderful. And... But, then, but what he's saying is that would single people with... are going, this is amazing. Oh, they have to believe that because what else do they have? They don't have an option. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they're you, just at home you, surrounded single, by their cats. Is yeah, that what you're saying, we, Gary? You can't sort of go, and there's nothing to compare. But what this study doesn't oh, I do. Yes. What this study doesn't do, and I think this is what, you know, families are about, are those little hits of joy that you can't get. So even amongst the chaos and the madness and this and that, there's just those moments your kids do something, you know, they do something in sport, your wife does something, your partner does. And those are those moments that you kind of kind of go, ah, oh, that was awesome. We and also then it's back to chaos. You know and what I mean? we but also don't have to date. We don't have to no. try Tinder. I reckon that has to be a significant plus for being in a relationship yeah. with children. <laughs> yeah. I know. We've ne- I don't know. I've never – we've bygone. Yes. No, that was – I know. And it's not just – I mentioned Tinder the other day and this young person looked at me like, what, Tinder? No one uses Tinder. What do they use? Well, there's there's Bumble, which is uh-huh. really popular. Where that's where the, the the girl takes control, yes. so she decides. And then there's another one which is really popular now. I've forgotten the name, but um, no, we can't use it <laughs> like anyway. You don't need yeah, it. I don't, like I don't need it, but I'm always like I'm just because assuming. You are happier. It's like saying, oh yeah, if you you know Facebook, and people are like Facebook. No one uses Facebook. <laughs> MySpace. <anymore."> yeah, MySpace. <laughs> See, I would have thought the reverse of this. I would have thought. Um, you know, a lot of people would think their lot is hard because when you're in the mm. trenches with little kids, I don't know about you, but I found it the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, when they were babies, I was in, literally in counselling because I just it was so hard to cope. Um, so I would have thought you always think that everyone else must be doing it better than you. Mm-hmm. Everyone else's life must be easier. Yeah. You, I always I thought everyone else in the mothers group was coping better than I was. I'm sure some of them were lying about those kids sleeping through the night. I still reckon that. <laughs> um, but so I'm surprised everyone. You know, all the single people think they're happy, and the married people say they're happy when the husband's in the room. I just thought 
I think a few people are lying here. Mm. And I also, did. and also, how many people um, lie in front of their parents? I, I mean, their parents, their partners. Mm. I don't think my poor husband. I don't think I would lie. Someone asked me, "Are you happier now?" And so, you know, sometimes we have our moments. Yeah, everyone's going to give that response. Oh, mm. yeah, we have our moments, but other than that, it's great. And what about your in your friendship group? Do you find that? Because um, I think of the friends I know who don't have children or don't have a partner, and it's kind of fifty fifty. Some of them are really happy with it, and others uh, would prefer to be in a relationship. Would have liked to have mm. kids. It seems like they're missing a, a whole cohort because we know women are having babies later and if they miss out and they wanted a child that's really heartbreaking but mm. it doesn't seem to touch on that in that particular yeah. study yeah I, I look I definitely know people who fit into that category uh, particularly women and some men who would like to not be single I don't know whether they're going to tell someone in a study that they're unhappy uh, but what we're going through the stage where I suppose because our kids are a little bit older uh, lots of divorces so there are lots of single people they happen to have kids as well mm. um, and that's really been really tough. You know, mm. lots of people who thought that that was, they'd married the dream and that was their life forever. And for all sorts of reasons, they've split up. Oh, so, and sad. that's really, really hard. You think, you know, it's, you know, having a, a, a hard time or a difficult stage with the family, but you throw that into the mix mm. and there are so many issues related to that, that mm. I've sat and listened to so many people and that's incredibly that's sad, hard for them. Someone once said to me that, um, once the kids got to primary school, a lot of divorces happened mm. because everyone came out the other side and went, oh. Yeah, that's right. You... What, what, are we, <laughs> what am I doing with you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we definitely found that. And a teacher, a, a primary school teacher told me that. She said, wait till you get to uh, year six and seven, five and six, the end of primary school. Mm. That's the age where everyone sort of, you know, oh. they may have probably been married, may, mm. married or together for maybe 10 years and... The I've got that to the look rot forward yeah. to. Daniel, if you're it listening. Was true. Yeah, and there's probably when the kids finish school too. Is that a. Yeah, because your eldest. Yeah, is... so people. And your focus is, is on the kids so much. And everything you talk about, every phone call is how each kid's doing, you know, on all sorts of levels. And you don't. You, it's very easy to stop talking about you guys yeah. and to not spend so much time with you guys. A lot of us have families interstate, um, so the you know it's mm. harder to get date nights and spend. Yeah, time you just together. don't focus. I mean, of course you can. You know, you can get a babysitter, or if you can't afford it, you can swap with someone and do different nights. But it just gets all too hard, I think, mm. as you get older. So you've really got to focus on your own relationship. Uh, we're, okay, we're going to leave with that. Uh, we're mm. going to say Gary's wife is happier with him oh, because she's, she's delighted. Delighted. And that we're all going to make a bigger effort. <laughs> I've got date night this Saturday night, oh, actually. Right. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's been, been a while. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next up, when a woman falls pregnant, it's not always easy for a partner to feel connected and involved, especially during labour. We are going to be speaking about Natalie's husband and Gary himself and how mm. he performed during childbirth. It's not just about, isn't it lovely when partners get involved? It's actually about protecting their mental health. It's about consolidating that relationship that when we have the partner on board, birth goes better. 
That's the lovely Professor Hannah Darlin. She was speaking on Feed, Play, Love this week. And in the interview, she came up with some tips on how partners can feel more involved in the whole process because, of course, when a woman falls pregnant, she's feeling everything straight away and it's hard for the other person involved to feel connected to it. Now, former MasterChef contestant, and he is also a parent panel guest, um, Aaron Harvey, hands down wins the best partner award in my book because he actually wrote a cookbook called A House Husband's Guide, Cooking for Your Pregnant Partner. And apparently he cooked these dishes for his wife, Natalie, and they're friggin' incredible. He sold two copies. Um, (laughs) And uh, they were his friends. They were, yeah, well, you know. I can imagine every guy walking past that, what? Why would I? (laughs) That means more work. (laughs) So, Natalie, uh, how helpful was your partner while you were pregnant and during labour? Uh, he was actually really helpful. Um, he couldn't have been more helpful. I started vomiting as soon as I found out I was pregnant and I didn't stop till the day I delivered. Oh, God. I had 40 weeks of vomiting. Oh. I have vomited in places you've just never even thought of. I've like pulled over on the side of the road on the way to work and vomited in gus- gutters, in pot plants. In, what you about know, while you were Street. at work? Oh, yeah. No, I was doing the late uh, – in my first pregnancy, I was reading the late news. Um, so I found that the best way to stem the sickness was just to eat the whole pregnancy and carbs. Forget healthy pregnancies. I just couldn't cope with wow. anything else but mm. full carbs. Put on 20 kilos each time. Didn't care. It was just a matter of survival. Um, and so I was on the late news set um, stuffing biscuits and chips into my mouth in between the minute 40 news packages because uh, I thought I'm going to be the only person to actually project I'll vomit on <laughs> national TV. Um, and then I would sprint out of the studio and throw up in the green room. Um, oh, you poor thing. It was the most – I had the most horrible pregnancies. I just hated it because it's it's really wearing. It was quite depressing. Mm. Sounds funny depressing. until you're doing it. And if, most people stop at three months, four months. At about four and a half months, I went through this deep depression thinking, this is never going to end. I'm going to be vomiting every day of my life for the, so, for the term I'm, of my you're natural right. life. It, it is actually funny talking about it, but I think um, morning sickness is a huge cause of depression mm. in pregnancy because it's just yeah. constant. And I, I had it up until four months, but I remember asking my sister because people told you it was three months. Mm. And so I'd call my sister and I'm like, look, just be real with me. Is it really 12 weeks? Because it's 12 weeks now and I, it's the day of 12 weeks. Mm. And I still feel sick. And she went, well, to be honest, it's more like 16 weeks. I went, yeah. that's okay because I knew there was an end in sight. But if you had a pregnancy where you were sick. So was he, he helpful because he held the bucket? <laughs> he held the bucket. He had, uh, he, you know, when I got so big because, of course, I had to eat so much so I put on the 20 kilos, he was just uh, leaning over the toilet every morning and he was holding my hair back. He was putting the toast on because I had to sort of shove more carbs into my so, mouth. So why... So why did you need to eat because carbs? That, to, um, because anything, if I drank water, um, I'd throw it straight back up. If I had a salad, I'd throw it straight back up. But heavy, stodgy food oh. seemed to stay down a little bit more. Oh. So I'd spend all day, I had to drink lemonade or Gatorade because that, um, you know, replaces your, your sugars and your salts. If I drank water, I'd throw it straight back up. I got off the um, ultrasound table and threw up four times. She was so sick of me because she couldn't even get the ultrasound done. I was hospitalized several times with dehydration and then they put the baby on the monitor, you know, because you can't sort of have that much stress on the baby. It was just so horrible. So he was great and he was there the whole 
Then my dad died in the middle of the pregnancy. I was oh, six and a half months Natalie. pregnant. So it was just horrific. Is this the first child? This is child. the first child. I'm surprised you went back and had a second. Oh, well, see, it took me. They're nearly they're four years school years apart. And it really, I really did have seriously have to sit and think, can I do this again? Yeah. Because nine months is a long time to throw up. And once you're in that. And, and with the second child, did you have the morning sickness the whole time? I did, but not. I knew how to manage it more. Right. So I ate a lot, went back to my carbs really early and Prior. really full on. You have to prepare. <laughs> I carb loaded. Okay, honey, we're gonna, before this, we, I'm going to put on 80 kilos, all right? And then we're just going to... But it's weird. not even fun eating, though. Like, I found oh, the same no. thing. Not carbs. I, I had a lot, a lot of Vegemite on sales when mm. I was... Morning, had morning sickness, but you just had to constantly eat. And I was like, oh, I don't want to eat. But yes. you had to, or you'd just feel revolting. Mm. I, I didn't throw up, though. I just mm. felt sick the whole time. Mm. Yeah, no, I just, it was, I'd just so, rather So, on the back it. of that, Gary, yeah. given <laughs> oh how much God. we okay. suffer, okay. <laughs> what did I, you do? I, you guys got it easy. <laughs> Vomiting for 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> well, what months. are you complaining about? Yeah. Um, what did I do? Yeah. <sighs> I was amazing. You, I was, you, you wrote a cookbook? Wife, right yeah. <laughs> you know, as you were saying that, I, I actually imagine like cutting to another booth and your husband's in there giving his story yeah. and cut to my wife going, no, that's, that didn't happen. Yeah. Gary never did that. What's he talking about? Because right now I'm thinking, how can I be amazing? <laughs> and you're searching, searching. Search. No, I mean, I, the first, with our first son, we, my our first child, um, you know, I was pretty happy. Went all to the you know the prenatal classes and for six eight weeks and and to be honest, they could have condensed that in a phone call. To me. <laughs> Just going, hey Gary, you know all that stuff you're learning. Don't worry about ne- it because you won't remember yeah. it and it means nothing. And on the day it happens, it, you you'll forget. So you you would have never seen the picture of the forceps. Yeah, because I mean, that helps, doesn't it? When you're watching that those videos, you see all these other dads, and we're all looking at the video, but secretly we're looking at each other, going, "Are we meant to be here? Because this is so..." Yeah. When we watch the pregnancy, the birthing videos, Mm. um, and our midwife showed us all these beautiful water births, my husband was behind me with his hands on my shoulders. I thought. I'm going to get bruises because he was, we were both oh, freaking out. It's like out. a horror film. Or yeah. Yes. <laughs> so he was watching them going, I've got, we've got to, oh my God, what are we going to do? And Nothing prepares ah! you for the actual moment. And that's what I mean. You kind of just forget it all anyway. Mm. And I remember on the. On, but you went. On the, during the, the birth, I was really hands on. Like the obstetrician, I think, realized now dads get really involved. Mm. So she was like, well, I'll take advantage of this. <laughs> Honestly, it was like, oh, Gary, can you grab that? Can you go pick up that? Can you? She actually, I always remember, she said, can you mop that? Oh, no. Oh, like, we know what that was. Yeah, I know. Can you mop that? And I'm like, oh, okay. No, then you're like, I'm sorry. Um, my either taxes or my back pocket. pocket yeah, so I was like, how much am I paying you? It's like, what? And I'm mopping this. I'm like, where is everybody? I don't want to be this hands on. But, oh. ah, yeah, I always remember that. Can you mop that? Mm. I would not forget that myself. Yeah, I no. didn't forget that. But it was, you know, it was a, it was, it was, you know, it was amazing. Experience. Did you leave the birthing suite? Because I didn't no, let my no, husband no. leave. For oh no, I was there hours. the whole time. And you know, my wife, you know, she had the, the gas, and I thought, oh, well, did you I, try? I, it? I tried it. Of yeah. course you did. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's really relaxing. Because I'm like one for you and one for me. <laughs> I'm like, this is fun. And that's when he said, "Mop that," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he was on the gas." But my daughter, my. She was born in two and a half hours. It was like, you know, even I think two hours and 15 minutes or something. Yeah, it was like 4.15, 6.30. Did you cut the cord? Yeah, they cut the cord. That's kind of the classic 
Mm. Here it is, Gary. Gary did it. Gary did it. Um, Yeah, mine were really fast too, really fast Mm. births. And then with my second one, he came out blue, like it was in an hour. It was really quick, just like boom. And then... um, That's how it felt as well, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Very much like that. And my husband's good. His mum was the school nurse at school where we grew up. So he's, you know, he's pretty au fait with all the medical stuff. So he was, yeah, like you Mm. right into it. Okay, yeah, got to get this done, down the business end. Um, And so um, then he, so Hunter came out blue and they took him off and um, then they couldn't get the placenta out. And the, the obstetrician is standing there sort of like, Yank, this is a parent thing, so I yeah. guess we can yeah, get into can. it. Um, so he's like pulling, you know, the umbilical oh, cord. No. It's not coming out. He's like, you've had, th- you've had this baby too fast. They are not supposed to come out this fast, and therefore your body's not letting it all go. So that that's not what you want to hear. No, yeah. he's, he's like, if I sort of if I get this out manually, you will hate me till the day you die. So how about we put you under for forty minutes and whip you into surgery and. Get the placenta out. I didn't know this could happen. Wow. No, no. I'm like, but I just gave birth. I thought I did a really good job. No, into surgery. So they put me under and put me into the um, operating theatre to get the placenta out. So there's oh always God. what I found with motherhood, um, at, which I'm sure mm. you're the same. There's always there are always scenarios that you just had never heard of or you didn't yeah. think you couldn't be prepared for. So you better just the placenta and the mopping up. That I reckon yeah. those that yep. yeah yeah all those that's, things that's like that was like a horror film that was out of line was I want the of... name of that obstetrician <laughs> <laughs> I want to complain on your yeah, behalf yeah, yeah, Gary yeah. but I did a good job he was on the gas remember we're yeah 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 I was having fun yeah this is great <laughs> maybe the OB was like looking at Gary going it's it's not a rave yeah. Gary yeah how Go can we get him out of here <laughs> yeah actually now that you think about it, I think about it. All right. Well, our final topic in just a moment. If you had to homeschool your kids, what would you excel at? Often in schools you hear that, oh, no, I don't want to do homework. I don't want to learn. I don't think that's natural at all to children. So I find with the homeschooling, it just allows us to flow more with what suits them. So today on Feed, Play, Love, my friend Dinny Martinez talks about why she decided to homeschool her children. Apparently, there's quite a lot of paperwork to fill out. And when we had a chat about it, she's like, yeah, you have to make sure you're going to, I don't know, align with the curriculum or something. But then they just kind of let you go off and discover how you're going to teach them. So, Gary, if you were homeschooling your Mm. kids, what would you be really good at? What would be your best subject? Hmm, probably, I'd be more, you know, today we're going to look at Netflix. <laughs> and, and let's let's examine all the different types of shows that you can watch. Genres. On, genres. It'd be like a film. Documentaries are educational, right, son? Yeah. They totally are, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd probably, I, you know, I'm all for homeschooling, actually. I think it's a great system. And because I've got friends who homeschooled their kids and they turned out amazing and you know, they were doing, like, her son when he was 14 was doing a university course in via, you know, um, in Israel, Yuval Harari's Sapiens University course when he was 14. Wow. And it was, you, you wouldn't get that opportunity. And it's a good thing about homeschool, kids get to, to really immerse themselves in something and really understand it. As opposed to at school, you, you touch on things and you quickly learn to remember them and then you move on. Whereas, it's a lot by rote, isn't it? Yeah, it's rote and it's 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 brief. Whereas you know, homeschooling is like, hey, you want to study ancient, you know, Greece, study it for three months and, and just, let's go and let's go. How yeah, let's would go. That yeah, be? I would oh. I would certainly be that dad if I had the time to go. Hey, you know, we're doing 
ancient Greece, let's go to Greece. I mean, how cool would that, that would be? That would be so amazing. Because the kids will learn <laughs> Natalie, so much. Natalie, you have that look in your eye a bit like how I actually feel about homeschooling is I really admire my girlfriend. She's amazing. But all I could think is... I am not equipped for that kind of responsibility. It's hard enough make, making sure you're alive, mm. but actually being responsible for your education would just freak me out. I'm like, there are way more qualified people. But I, I mean, I do love that idea but, of being able to pursue your passion and particularly yeah. you sharing a passion with them. But there's a community of like homeschoolers. Netflix. Yeah, like Netflix. <laughs> but a lot of you know people, they homeschool, so they get together, they form groups and they go to study groups and they have excursions and so it's not all just you hands-on teaching them often it's letting them self-teach themselves like take Mm. their time because the problem with schools I reckon now is that it's up to the kid to kind of they've got to catch up if they don't catch up Mm. they never catch up whereas we don't sort of teach our kids at individual paces you know like okay well let's let's you learn it until you get it right and if that takes a month that takes two months then so be it but eventually you get it right and you get to take the time to really get it right. I can't believe the comedian in this show made this topic so serious. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Because I think, I, good. I, I think there's good. a real issue with schools. I was hoping he was going to say something about teaching them, I don't know, some obscure niche. No, subject. no. I, I'm all about I'm all about that sort of type of schooling. In fact, I, you know, I, I, we, I, we need a school revolution in this country. Absolutely. Like, and know. are your kids at uh, public school? So um, they both went to Montessori, so that's that, that sort of homeschooling, you know. It's, similar philosophy. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you work at things at your own pace. And, um, and so my son's now in high school, so, which is a totally, totally different world. It's like, it's like going from one planet to another, you know. Mm. It was like, whoa. Yeah, so that was, that was pretty full on. But, you know, even, you know... Even just NAPLAN, all that stuff, I just it's just such a waste of time. Such a waste of time. So, uh, Natalie, I'd, what would you be I don't mind school. I know what you mean. They're mm. not perfect, and I don't think any school is. Um, I feel also um, it's good to have a bit of separation from your kids. I would not be able to spend all that time with them. I love them dearly. They are my life. But we all need time away from each other. <laughs> yes. um, and I like the fact that they uh, have to go to another environment and they have to survive it. Uh, you know, they have to sort of negotiate it, um, and it's not all about just That's learning. That's not. Uh, it, so you weren't like one of those helicopter parents who went in and said, "My son needs to be on the debating team." And... No, I'm. We're from the country, so we're from two hours south of Perth. Pretty basic sort of, you know, upbringing. Um, and I like. I think part of a lot of schooling is not just about what you learn technically; it's about survival in the world. Mm. You know, as a sort of broader approach, um, and the bullying and the fights they kids have, and all the you know dealing with teachers they don't like, that they can't stand, and you know coming home and talking through all that, especially when they get older, when you can sort of talk to them, not you know maybe in kindy and year one and everything, um, and how that is life. You know, you have to deal with people you don't like. You have to accept people for who they are. Lots of people will be different to you. All those life lessons. I think there are so many life lessons walking into a schoolyard. Um, And I wouldn't have had the patience to, and I didn't want to. Mm. I I would not want to do that. But if there was one topic. Oh, I'm big on grammar. (laughs) 
<laughs> of course you are. Reader, yeah. I just, I'm not perfect at it, but I'm just, I can't stand the fact that people can get a university degree and not know where the apostrophe is oh, in the it. Yes. It frustrates the hell out of me and yes. I get scripts written every morning and the apostrophe's in the wrong spot and the there and the there's wrong and I think... I'm going to punch a wall. It I just, makes a big difference. I dropped out of university after a year, and I know where the apostrophe goes. How can you possibly get a university degree in this country and not know basic, basic grammar? It's funny when people spell, like, grammar school wrong. Like, mm. they spell yeah. grammar. With a, yes. Because, <laughs> you know, in Shakespeare's day, grammar school was a grammar school. You studied grammar yes. and English, and mm. that's all you did. You didn't mm. kind of do all photography and, you know, distant subjects. It was purely just grammar. Mm. And so that's why he's such a brilliant, you know, I mean, he was good anyway, but, you know, he studied. He knew yeah. his language. I think yes. my kids would be um, really good at musical theatre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> there are so many people. Natalie's got that look on her face. Like, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, musical theatre. But, you know, to your, to your home point about, I mean, going on the homeschooling, I mean, I agree, like, you know, schools give you that sort of life lessons. They immerse you in environments. You have to deal with a whole, whole bunch of things. But the homeschooling still allows you that as well. Because you've got to go do a whole bunch of other things. In fact, you become more worldly in a way because you have to jump up to an adult level very quickly. So you go and do things on your own. You might catch a train in into the city and go to the museum and study things and find out for yourself. You you become very independent. You are going mm. off your friends, though, who sound like they're very good homeschoolers. No, no, I've spoken to a few. You haven't you know. met any ones that you're like, oh, geez, send your kid to school. Well, obviously, I think the parents make that decision. If it's not going well, you're like, well, yeah. this, this sucks. Off yeah. to school you go. Too hard. And too I probably hard. wouldn't be able to do it because I'd probably just forget. Because mm. I'd, yeah. I'd be sitting doing my own thing and suddenly forget my, my child has just been watching You'd be TV. watching Netflix, if, but that's yeah. okay. You'd be like, now let's move on mm. to the next documentary. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're dedicated, I think, yeah, you've, you're right. It would be wonderful. But I'd, I also wouldn't want to do it. I, I don't think I'd, I don't want to spend that t- I don't want to spend all those hours no. a day doing I'm it. Not and, even and good whether with I'm selfish or not. But you don't actually, I, I think, just I think people think that the parent has to sit there teaching them the whole time. It's 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 self-driven a lot of the time. Like you can follow a curriculum if you want. You can right. follow the school curriculum. You can do whatever you really want to do. So, you know, if you study history, it's you can to qualify, yeah, better go. To qualify, you can do like a, a, a an online course. Yeah. I love that, that we've got that a, really a wind-up. And your child gets really yeah. passionate. Yeah. And yeah. Gary saw I'm, the wind-up. Yeah. I'm still going. I've got another hour. I've got, I've got my box here and I'm yeah. going to get you all homeschooling before you know it. Well, I'm not for homeschooling. I, I can see the value in yeah. that sort of system. Because I think people put it down, or that type of school education, as opposed to thinking like, oh, well, the you know the mainstream system is the only way. I do like that. Yeah, you yeah I agree with you on it. that. There are lots of issues. Yeah. Um, but we have had the wind-up finger. Okay. I know. Okay. Sorry. So you've Sorry. got to wind up. Um, but before I let you go, I love I do this all the time um, because at the end we like to tell um, the listeners where they can find you online and if you've got anything you'd like to plug. And I always ask this of Gary and he has nowhere online. <laughs> I, do do have have a, a I do have a website, yeah, you but do, I never but, put anything online. No, I, I checked it because I, I, I thought, oh, I wonder mm. where Gary's got a gig on. So yeah. I went to the gig page and it had the date of 2015. <laughs> oh, yeah, does it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I think I stopped putting them on because no one really checks them other than you. Yeah, you because know. we want to know where you are, Gary. You're a funny man. Yeah, um, I do a lot of gigs. You know, I do a lot of these. Uh, this guy runs these, um, they're called Charity for a Cause, and he does a lot of schools and they're a lot of fun. So this is the classic parents' night out. This is the only night they get out and they're forced to go because it's a school fundraiser. Yes, and, and they can the, you. And they're in the best mood. I think, gosh, this is a perfect audience because it's their night out. 
yeah. husband and wife, kids are at home, and they're going to just have a great time because this is the only time <laughs> they've got together and they're forced to go because they've got to so raise can, money. So can schools book you to do that? Well, they can book comedy for a cause, yeah, and then they usually book me. Okay, well, I'm going to pop that in. Yeah. That's your. That's a good plug. That yeah. is your plug. Yeah. Okay. Are you happy with that? Yeah, it's a good one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Natalie, we know that we can find you on Sunrise reading the news. Is there anything else that you where we can find you online? No, I'm kind of the Gary. I have nowhere to go. Um, <laughs> You've got an Instagram no, you have account? No, I've got an Instagram account, which I'm kind of, you know, forced to do through work. So I'm, I'm a bit reluctant on social media. Um, it's... But you can still stalk you Natalie can. on I do, yes, Instagram I'm a, yeah, <laughs> if you yeah, want. Absolutely. And Natalie I couldn't Edmund. even tell you that. We stalked handle. a parent from the school on Instagram the other day. There's a super cool dad at our school. Like he walks in, he's like walking out of a 70s funk film. And my kids go to a primary school where that that's just not the casual uniform mm. of most parents. And so mum and I were like, I'm like, who is that guy? He is so cool. She found him on Instagram. And he uh, is so cool. Oh. He still listens to <laughs> records and stuff and DJs. Oh, my God. Okay, way cooler than me. Sorry. I have no, no cool places to find me except Do you have to do news. that for work? Do you have to, like, take, here I am at Woolworths, everybody? And... Uh, no. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> do you do that? Uh, we'd, uh, we're supposed to have a Facebook and social media and Instagram page, which I just... You do. I do in an ad hoc kind of fashion. They've, they've got lots of beautiful dresses on. We, we do thank our Instagram uh, yeah. wardrobe sponsors, but that's about it. You I should check it out for the dresses. Anyway, we will put links to where people can find you online, even when you don't know where to find you yeah. online. Yeah. If you Let go me know the... where I'm working next. <laughs> if you go to the notes of this episode, <laughs> you will find out, Gary. Um, thank you both for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You can find me at Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Elise Cooper. For more information on the show, or maybe you want to do a deep dive onto previous episodes, you can find out all you need to know on our website. Head to babyology.com.au slash parent panel. See you next time.